good. All right, so now we're doing an audio recording. We just did our live stream video. If you haven't already watched that, uh, check it out. So to all our RCIA candidates, this is for you specifically, um, of how to go to confession. So why don't we start with a prayer, Let's and then it. we'll go quickly how to go to confession to give you kind of uh, some tips and tricks. That sounds great. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, I don't know if you've learned the prayer for the Divine Mercy Chaplet. We'll just say the one from the Our Father beads and three from the Hail Mary beads real quick. Just uh, to ask our Lord for that grace to trust in His mercy. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And atonement for our sins and for those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father. I appreciate that. Um, so we are going to have a quick chat about how to go to confession. So in our CIA, we talked about confession before Christmas. So we go through all seven sacraments. Perfect. Um, made it, well, we were a little bit after Christmas by the time we finished the seven sacraments. Um, but... So we, it's been a while since we've talked about confession. So let's go ahead and really just try to stick to the how-tos of confession, um, assuming everyone remembers what the sacrament of confession actually is. Sounds good. Um, or they can uh, refresh their memory by reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraphs, fill in the blank, because I don't remember. <laughs> um, we'll have to post that. But we'll go through how to go to confession. So I'll kind of start maybe as the penitent, since okay. I kind of start with what's going on, then you can kind of fill in as we go Perfect. Part. Perfect. So obviously, as the penitent, well, obviously, Father is a penitent as well. Yeah. He can't go to confession to himself. Nope. I have. To, I try to go every two to three weeks. Um, let's see. It'll be three weeks on Monday. I hope I can find a priest in the meantime. Um, but yeah, we'll do our best. So obviously, before you go to confession, the most important thing is to do your examination of conscience. Um, now, sometimes when you're at confession, the line is very long, and you have a, quite a bit of time to do your examination in line, but usually doing it beforehand, you know, whether even you're driving on the way or the night before, or it's a daily habit that you have, is great. Um, obviously, picking out all the sins that you can ultimately remember since the last time you went to confession, um, specifically, right, thinking of those mortal sins, if you have any. Um, or really any sin that you'd like to bring in confession, because it's never more awkward, I'm sure, I'm not the priest, but I imagine there's sometimes people walk in and just go, I forgot, and it might be a little awkward, so having something in your mind, and you're probably going to forget a sin, and that's okay, that it happens okay. to everyone, um, but having that Refreshing your memory and examining that conscience for that spiritual uplifting is important before you come. And I would say, too, did you all discuss the difference between mortal and venial sin? We did, but why don't okay. we do a quick review? So, mortal sin, um, you know, if, it's, if you read the letter, I think it's the first letter of St. John, he talks about the fact that, you know, um, we all sin, but not all sin is deadly. Okay, so mortal, it's like, you know, someone has a mortal wound. It's a deadly wound, right? So a mortal sin is something that, like, cuts off the relationship. It's of a grave matter. You know what you're doing, and you're free to do it, right? Um, and now venial sin is something much smaller. You know, it's just it kind of, like, nicks away at the relationship. Um, the example I like to give a lot of times, especially if I'm talking with uh, – 
the kids, you know, as we're getting ready for first first confession. And I will just say, like, you know, when I'm preaching to the kids, I'm always preaching to the adults too, because you know, a lot of times if we have you know, examples that are on the level the kids can understand, then we can understand it better, too. It's like you don't ever want to sort of be condescending about the little ones. Some of the greatest saints in the church have been young ones. Like St. Jacinta died when she was nine. She's incredible. Um, but I digress. Anyway, so like a venial sin, let's say Michael Becker and I, we're good friends. Um, Michael's got a lot of books, right? He's, he's a big reader, especially in theology, things I like, too. Um, and I have a habit of just going in and taking Michael's books, right? Um, so I go in there, I just take one without asking him. And, you know, it, it kind of annoys Michael, but, you know, it's not like, you know, our relationship is just over because I keep nicking the occasional Depends book. on what book you take, Father. There you go. Okay, yeah, that's the thing. Some books are more serious than others. Um, if I go in there and take a copy of... Um, my sign book of forming intentional disciples. That by was what I was going to go to for the mortal sin. You just cut me off. So <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so for a venial sin, if I go into his office and take one of the, like, you know, one of the free Matthew Kelly books that we happen to get as an assortment, he's not really too terribly concerned. You know, I mean, that's not a huge deal. I mean, he likes his Matthew Kelly collection. It's there, but you know, he's okay. He knows where he can get more. You know, it's still annoying. I did it without asking, but you know, it's fine. Yeah, if I go in there and take the book that was signed by the author he very much looks up to, Shelley Waddell. Is it Shirley? Shelley. Sherry. Sherry. Doggone it, I never get that one right. So, Sherry Waddell. He, you know, he really looks up to her. He did his his, uh, his thesis in college on her writings. You know, it's very important. If I go in there and just take that one, that's going to hurt the relationship, right? I mean, that's a big deal. Um, but the other thing I would say, if I just keep taking his books, even though, you know, he's asked me not to, I know it hurts relationship, I just keep doing it anyway, those venial sins add up and eventually he can't trust me like he used to. And so those venial sins with time, if, you know, they go unchecked and you don't do anything to repent and try to change, those can gradually become a big problem. And so when you think about frequent confession and going frequently, it's like, okay, you don't need to be scrupulous. It's not like, it must be perfect. I must be perfect. No, but you want to be loving, loving our Lord, loving your neighbor, starting to grow in that love. And so, you know, like when you really care about a relationship, you strive not to do those little nicking sins that hurt the relationship. Michael and I are friends. I'm not just going to go and take his stuff because I care about the, that relationship. And I don't want those little venial sins to add up to something big over time. And so it's like you have both the venial and the mortal. But I would say just because you can't think of something super serious doesn't mean just steer clear of confession forever and say, it's not like I've killed anybody or anything. Well, great. But once again, you're becoming Catholic to become a saint, not just to become a not murderer. So don't forget that fact too. Um, and we are only obliged, technically speaking, to say the mortal sins. But again, yeah. no saint was made by doing the bare minimum exactly. of the obligation. So exactly. mortal sins a must. Venial sins are still definitely highly suggested. Yeah. And basically, if it comes to mind, bring it up. You know, Don't ever fall in the trap of keeping something back intentionally. Um, that's when you start to get into problems. Um, so, okay, you can forget if you come in and, you know, you tell me, you know, I fought with my wife. Um, I was looking at some stuff I wasn't supposed to on the Internet. Um, I wasn't as generous as I could have been. Um, you know, but then, but you forget to tell me, uh, you know, you, you told a pretty small lie, but a lie nonetheless, you know, two days ago. You just 
flat out forgot to tell me that. Okay, you forgot. Our memories aren't perfect. Our Lord knows our memories aren't perfect. The sin is still forget forgiven. But if you do this, if you come in there and you're like, okay, but tell Father I was, you know, mean to my wife. Tell him I looked at the stuff on the internet. You know, tell him I wasn't as generous. But man, I just, I want him to think I'm always truthful. So I'm not going to tell him the thing about the lie. When you start thinking that way, if you intentionally withhold, that's a sin in and of itself. You have to say what is there, okay? You're not obliged to remember perfectly everything that's happened since your last confession. And I want that to be a relief to you as you prepare to make your first confession. You know, especially, I mean, you're thinking all the way back to your age of reason, which is seven years old. So everything you've done since you were seven, I know you're not going to remember everything. You probably slapped your brother once when you were 10, right? Okay, so be it. But just because you forget to bring it up, it doesn't mean that's not forgiven. Um, you do your best, okay? That's the important thing. You think about what's going on, have an intention of repentance, of contrition for what you did, and an intention not to just do it again. So... You know, you can't be like, you know, I keep, I don't know, keying father's car every day. Um, I'm going to go and confess it, but I'm still going to do it. Like, don't do that. You have to have a firm intention not to do it again. Now, what if you slip and fall and end up keying my car four days later? Okay, so be it. But you have to intend not to do it again. So, yeah. Or even if you go in and have an intention not to do it again, but father makes you really mad and then you end up keying his car. Yeah. Right. You still had the intention at confession not to do it again, but we're fallen human beings, yeah, and it exactly. does happen. It does happen, and you know what? Uh, you can keep coming back to confession. As Pope Francis said one time, he said, "God never tires of giving us His mercy, but we tire of asking for it." Therein lies the issue. We're the ones that are finite, fallen, easily tired beings. God's infinite, especially his mercy and his love for us. So just don't take it lightly. It's not, you know, it's like the issue of, let's say, your dad in the car, right? You can't just be like, I'm just going to take dad's car. He'll forgive me anyway. Okay, that's a terrible way to have your relationship with your dad. You need to ask him to borrow the car, right? Even if you know he's going to tell you yes, don't fall into what's called presumption, right? And just taking this relationship for granted. Because that's not going to help you to grow in love. You know, ultimately the goal here is love. Growing in love of God and love of our neighbor and to go and be cleansed of our sins is important. The one other thing I would say for help with the examination of conscience, do a small one every night. Examine the day. What are the things that you're sorry for? That you know, And, and just like we say in the Confederate Mass, what you've done, but also what you've failed to do. You know, like a, a big, like scary aspect is to look back on our life and think, man, did I waste a lot of gifts, you know? Did I waste a lot of time God has given me? Did I waste the opportunity to be charitable and loving and gracious to my family, to those people that God's put in my life? If you do that a little bit every day, you know, you get in a routine, you start to see patterns in your life of, oh my gosh, I've really been treating Michael like a jerk. I keep stealing his books. I need to stop that. Um, you start to see patterns and realize, then you bring it to the confessional and it helps so much. I mean, another, it's an, all analogies break down. But it's like with the dentist, you have to brush your teeth every day, right? I would say floss every day, but quite frankly, that would be be, be me being a hypocrite because I don't. I yeah, should. I don't. I, I try to do it, you know, every other day. I'm terrible at it. I have permanent retainers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like you need to take care of your teeth every day. But you have to go to the specialist with some regularity. Your soul is more important than your teeth. So... Uh, great would be to go to confession every month. Good would be every two months, but don't let it go longer than three months. Um, we can remember now, 
what we were doing about Christmas time. Yesterday literally was three months after Christmas. But trying to remember back to Thanksgiving or Halloween or the start of the school year, it's hard. It's hard to remember what I was doing back then. And so if you do it with some regularity, every month, two months, or three months, it helps a lot. And God gives the grace when we keep growing. Yeah. So examination, examination of consciences first. Um, obviously come to confession. Um, so let's talk a little bit about screen versus face-to-face. Um, so obviously we have our nice confessionals in the back of our church currently. In the midst of the coronavirus, we're doing confession outside. Uh, but you still have the option, even with our outside setup, of screen to face-to-face. So really for the penitent, the only difference is one side, you're sitting or kneeling in the confessionals in the back of the church, and you don't see Father. There is a screen, a metal grate with a black veil across it, so Father cannot see you, you cannot see him. The other side, it's face-to-face. If you sit or kneel, Father is right there with an open window. For the penitent, there's a couple, you know, pluses or minuses either way. Um, some people like to see Father. Some people feel more comfortable seeing his face. Some people like to see his maybe facial expressions or things like that. Um, on the other side, sometimes people want to be a little bit more anonymous. They don't want to be known. Um, they want that option of that anonymity. So really, for the penitent, it's more or less personal preference. I don't, sacramentally speaking, it doesn't affect it one way or the other. It's just kind of how comfortable you are. Um, so um, when Father Rossi was here, um, I would always go to him face-to-face because he was going to know who I was anyways. So I'm just going to kind of take it like a man because I'm not going to be able to hide. Now, if I'm going to a priest, I have no idea who they are or they may know me. It doesn't really matter in my preference one way or the other. So... For the penitent, it really doesn't matter. But Father obviously has a slightly different opinion as the one hearing the confessions. I would say as a priest, I prefer the anonymous option, which may surprise you. I know it surprises some people. The thing is, like, okay, even if I do recognize someone's voice, remember, and I'm sure you all talked about the seal of confession, I am not allowed to remember what you said. Um, I have to let it go. It cannot affect the way that I treat you, the way that I you know, think of you, um, or act, I guess think of you is too, like, I, I'm not going to change my outlook on you based on what you tell me in the confessional. But you actually can't change how you live your life nope. based off of what you hear in confessional either. So back to the example of the keying of the car. If you confess me that it's been you who's been keying my car, I can't start parking somewhere else to be away from you. Um, because I heard it in the confessional. I can't take knowledge from the confessional and have it affect the way I live my life outside of the confessional. Um, That is how serious the seal is, to the point that the seal is more valuable than my life. If if, If somebody confesses something and I get arrested unless I tell, you know, the police what was told me, I have to go to jail. Um, I'm not allowed to say it. Why? Because the seal of the confession is more important than the individual priest. Um, It's that vital. And so I'm not trying to remember what's going on. And so it helps me when the person is behind the screen to keep all things separate. And I would just say to be careful of the like, oh, and Father, by the way, I need to tell you that, you know, the event on Saturday night is going to be at 7 rather than 6. Don't say stuff like that in the confessional because then I have to try to figure out, did I hear that under the seal? Did I not hear that under the seal? It's a nice thing about the anonymous aspect is 
you know, I don't know who it was. And I'm not trying to remember who it was. Like, some people joke, like, oh, you can tell who I am. Even if I basically can, I'm not trying to remember. So it really doesn't matter anyway. And I would say, too, as far as, like, trying to look at my reaction, honestly, I'm trying not to have a reaction. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to, like, you know show on my face what I'm thinking internally as you're saying these things. And I would say, too, after 10 years of being a priest, not that I'm going to say, I've heard it all. I don't know. I hope, I, I hope I've hope i heard it all. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, it's not, I mean, stuff doesn't really jar me or shock me. Sin is boring. It's death. It leads us down a road that closes us in on ourselves. What's exciting is absolution and resurrection and leading a new life. I mean, honestly, like, when I hear sins, it's like, oh. For your sake, I wish that didn't happen. Because sin is its own reward. I mean, it leads us to a dark place. It's not a good thing for us. I mean, the church is not out to ruin our weekend. The church is out to help us to have a good weekend and to still be in a state of grace on Monday, you know? And so, ultimately, I'm not sitting there judging you. I'm sitting there trying to help you to grow closer to Christ, to mend your relationship with Him and with one another. So, know that, too. But yeah, I... I Personally, I kind of like the behind the screen. And on a personal note, that's partly why I don't go to a confession to Father. Because then he knows every single thing that we talked about on a day-to-day basis was outside the seal of confession. Yeah. Um, because if, you know, we end up, if I go to confession to Father and we strike up a conversation or we end up talking about something we shouldn't really be talking about in the confessional, or we even just talk about something that should be talked about in the confessional, but then he has to dissect was that in confession or was it not? So for his sake, yeah. I just don't go to confession with him. So he knows everything is fair game to bring up. Yeah. And if he really needs to move his car because I keyed it. He can't because <laughs> it wasn't said in confession. And that's the thing. As an employee of the parish, that makes a lot of sense. you know. Um, but you are not an employee of the parish. So come on into confession. Exactly. Um, so how to actually do this. So you're going to go into the confessional or in this case up to the window outside with coronavirus going on and Father will start with the sign of the cross. sign of the cross. And I'll say, um, this is so hard when you're not in the moment, but um, Almighty God, enlighten your mind and your heart that you might know your sins and trust in his mercy. Okay, that's sort of like my little opening prayer after the sign of the cross. Now, not every priest will say that. Yeah. A lot of priests will just start with the sign of the cross, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's part of the rite. That's why I do it. Oh, it is part of the rite? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. All you priests that aren't doing it, <laughs> fix that. If I'm not mistaken, at least, I mean, I learned it wasn't when I was in seminary. I'm hey, almost positive it's just part I of the I just rite. took your word for it. So all you priests, if he said it incorrectly, blame Father, not me. <laughs> so then the penitent, the lay faithful, kneeling or sitting there, We'll say, and this is a quote, um, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is my... And then fill in the length of time since your last confession. Now, one side note for all you candidates in RCIA. This is your first time. So there is no length of time since your last confession. So you will say, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. This is my first confession. This is the only time you will say first confession. So next time you won't say second. The following time you won't say third. After you say first, for the first time, it will be the length of time. So if I was going to confession right now, it would be, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been two months since my last confession. And then you will go through and say your sins. Now, there are a couple ways that you can say your sins, and Father, you can kind of talk about preference Mm -hmm. and the confessional side. 
I know some people that go in there and say, kind of number, just straight up, very much the list form of, I did this this many times. And the amount of times is helpful, mm -hmm. um, especially for the graver sins. Because you can say, um, I looked at inappropriate images on the internet one time. All right, you had one moment of weakness. But if you're saying, I looked at things on the internet weekly, daily, a dozen times, that's going to help father know, all right, what are we talking about here? Was it one moment of weakness or is this a reoccurring habit that I need to maybe give a little bit more counseling on? So you can uh, kind of number very strictly can be one way. I like to go in and have a little bit more of a dialogue. I like to just kind of talk about what's going on in my life at that point, talk about the things that I failed in, um, especially with uh, some, some sins. You might like to explain the situation a little bit more. And then usually after I kind of talk about the big one or two that I was really heavy on my heart, then I might throw in more of a list of, you know, I'm sorry for being prideful, I'm sorry for not uh, always being focused in prayer, I'm sorry for not, and then list off some of the more regular things that seem to come up in confession all the time. Um, and so you can really confess how you want. There's no strict way of how the penitent confesses their sins. Um, Obviously, shorter and sweet is somewhat nice because there's people behind you. You don't need to get into a large uh, conversation, a large dialogue about things. Um, but you can kind of talk in a way that is more comfortable for you. And now, Father, you can throw your opinion in as the one hearing the confessions. Absolutely. A um, couple of things. I would say, yeah, be aware of your surroundings. If it's Saturday afternoon and it's 4.10 and it's you know almost time for the 4.30 Mass... That's not the time to sort of like go into all sorts of detail. I mean, like you want to try to be to the point and rather efficient. But, you know, if there's no line, you know, that it's like a Wednesday night when it's just kind of open-ended, um, you can talk a little bit more. But I would say, you know, even though the priest is going to give some spiritual counsel, it's not a counseling session. So you don't want to have like a really long conversation there. If you need something like that, it's good to set up an appointment and you could have sort of like confession and then sort of like a counseling session, so to speak. Though I must tell you, I'm not a licensed counselor, but Surprise. I, 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 uh, I am a priest, so I can give counsel, but not as a, uh, licensed counselor. Anyway, um, you know, you can, you can give some context, but I would say be very careful not to fall into the trap of justification for things. You know, like, uh, I hit my brother, but my brother is always a jerk, and he's always saying these terrible things. It's like, okay, wait, wait. You're not confessing your brother's sins. You're confessing your sins, okay? And you can't control your brother, but you can control you. So when you come in, you know, just give the sins. And if the priest needs you to elaborate, he'll ask you to. And I would say, you know, don't use euphemisms. Just say what it is. Um, and I would say, too, another thing that helps usually is just say the ones that are giving you the hardest times first. Like, get the hard stuff out of the way as opposed to, like, building up to the big one. I think that that helps, and it's like you have this sort of, like, ah, okay, I've unloaded that, you know, and then you can kind of keep going. Um, I mean, I've heard some guys describe it as just the facts, ma'am. I mean, that's that's not a bad thing depending on the time, but if you have to elaborate a little bit, you should. And if the priest needs you to elaborate, like for example, if someone tells me they lied, I will almost always ask them to tell me what about, why? Because there's a big difference between I lied and, you know, this is going to be a bad example, but I lied and told my wife that, you know, the dress she was wearing looked pretty when really it wasn't pretty at all. 
Okay, yeah, it's like, okay, you don't want to use false flattery. That's not, not really a bad not. example, Father. Yeah. That has happened that, plenty that of times. That could be, you know, it's something like, or, you know, I lied to my boss about my time card. I really only worked two hours, and I wrote down 45. Okay, that's a big difference, you know. Um, one essentially involves embezzling, and one is, okay, I can understand where you're coming from, but let's find a way to do this without lying. Well, was that lying. really a lie? Because... Your wife wanted you to say the shoes looked good anyway, so you were just telling her but here's, what you But here's to the question. Okay, just because she wants you to say that, are you really doing her any good? What if it really does objectively look bad? And she wants you to say yes, but it's like, honey, I love you, but I just don't think that dress is the right dress for you. I just think of that Geico commercial. Is Honest Abe too honest? honest? <laughs> and okay, but remember, honesty is not a bat with which to beat someone, but... We owe it to our friends, our loved ones, to tell them the truth, but to do it with charity and love. Um, you know, I love the uh, the scene from Tommy Boy. You know, like, uh, does this does this make me look fat? No, your face does. You know, it's, okay, <laughs> that's not a good way to do it. But to say to someone, you know, okay, I, I don't know, like, hey, to my friend, you know, I'm guessing it's been a while since you've been working out. Maybe it's time to start working out again. I mean, there's nice ways to encourage people to be healthy, as opposed to patting them on the back as they move on to adult onset diabetes or alcoholism. Or, you know, like There are things, like if you're overindulging in things, don't just pat people on the back as they go on because that's what they want you to tell them. That doesn't do them any good, but there's a good way to do it, you know? Um, now so, I have new sins to confession. Confession. <laughs> you know, husbands love your wives. Love them like Christ loves the church to die for them. Not just to flatter them, you know. So, um, <laughs> not them. They're sh- no. yeah. But you know, you see what I'm saying. Like they're they're a big difference. Or I stole. What did you steal? Okay, there's a big difference between I stole a pencil from work, or I stole, you know, forty five thousand dollars. I don't know why I'm on the number forty five all of a sudden. But you know, so like they're you know they're but both could be confessed as I stole. So I may need some more you know details. Uh, now what about so you talked about euphemism, and now we've been using the example of euphemism of. I've looked at inappropriate things on the internet, or I've used the internet in, inappropriately. I mean, just saying pornography or yeah, masturbation. Could, yeah. I mean, you could do both of those. Now, I will say this. Okay. I'm okay with if you say it in such a way that I actually know what you're talking about. But if you say, I looked at bad stuff online, well, okay, that could be a lot of things. I mean, that could be a Macy Gray uh, music video from, like, the early 2000s. Because that would be bad, because there's no reason to do that, right? Um, I'm just kidding. That wouldn't be sinful. But, like, bad stuff could be something ultra-violent. It could be something pornographic. It, you know, there or, or it could be something that's, like, terribly critical, tearing someone down, you know, horrible. Almost like gossip. Yeah. Like, there are, like, bad, like, Father, I did something bad. Yeah, that doesn't tell me really anything, you know? You have to be specific enough that I know what you're talking about. Um, and so if you just say, I did something bad, well, then I'm going to ask you to elaborate, you know, if that, if that makes sense, or just something bad on the Internet. Like, inappropriate images, I'm probably going to guess that it's something of a sexual nature because that's, like, what percentage of the Internet, right? <laughs> um, but, you know... It, it doesn't hurt to just come out and say it. I mean, I don't need every gory detail when it's a sexual sin, but you need to do tell me what it is, you know? So if, if that makes like, I'm not looking for the intimate details of your life, but you need to at least give enough that it's clear what it is and that you're sorry for it. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. So know, too, that I'm not sitting there thinking, yes, I get to make them feel uncomfortable. I don't want that, but... Like you going into a doctor's office, 
it doesn't do any good for him to be like, you know, like, let's say you have a broken leg, and for him to be like, ah, oh, that's not that bad. Like, no, if it's a broken leg, he needs to set it. you got to deal with it. If there's infection in the wound or something, he's got to make sure that that's cleaned out. He's got to give you medicine to take care of it. If he's the kind of guy that just out of mercy, he doesn't want you to feel bad about how bad your leg is. I mean, he's just going to, like, sugarcoat it. Yeah, that's not going to help you. And so, at the same time, it wouldn't be good for him to, like, jerk it back into place. No. There's a way to go about it with good bedside manner. Pray for all of us priests that we have it, you know, by the grace of God. But, like, you need the healing challenge, right? But at the same time, for a lot of people, they also need the healing pat on the back. A beautiful thing about confession is there are plenty of people that come in and confess something that really, it's like they think this is the most horrible thing ever. Where it's really, it's like, okay, hey, you know what? You know, you're, you're trying to work this out. I can see where you're coming from. Maybe try tweaking this a little bit. Like, yeah, you don't want the little white lies in there, but you know what? It's, it's okay. Like, that happens so much, um, you know, because a lot of us are very hard on ourselves. Um, for many people, their harshest critic is themselves. And that's the beautiful thing about the sacrament of confession. As I like to say about one of my favorite saints, San Jose Maria Escriba, he's very good at both patting you on the back and kicking you in the butt at the same time. And we all need those both, right? We very often needed to be pat on the back because we need some encouragement, but we very often need to be kicked in the butt to be told, hey, you need to kind of step it up here. It's the nice thing about being anonymous. I'm not playing favorites. You know, it's like it doesn't matter who it is coming into the confessional. Um, and that's the nice thing with the anonymous. I don't know. I'm just, just going to tell you the truth. And so, you know, that's why we pray. I mean, you know, know our sins to get them all out there that we can, and to trust in the mercy of God. It's a beautiful thing. So you do your best. Don't confess other people's sins. Don't try to justify everything. Um, like I said, if, if I need some more clarification, I'll ask you. Um, yeah, and I'd say, and try to be concise. Not that you have to just say, you know, lies, 23, you know, God's name in vain, 4. Um, masturbation, 3. Um, stealing, 4. Like, okay, that's two bare bones. But at the same time, you don't have to tell your whole life story. You know, it's okay. Um, just do your best and tell me what you remember and what you're sorry for, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So as Father said, usually starting with the biggest ones first, it makes the rest of them a little bit easier. Um, and then usually what I like to do at the end of confession is, well, at the end of me saying my sins, is I like to kind of wrap it up and let the priest know that I'm done by saying, I'm sorry for all these sins and those that I cannot remember at this time. And that's kind of a good like good thing for me to kind of say, all right, and I'm also sorry for everything else. I know I'm not saying it, but I am sorry for everything that I have forgotten. And uh, a good little cue to the uh, priest kind of saying, that was it. Yeah. I'm done. Because I can imagine there's sometimes where people, it just kind of hangs as like the dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And you're like, Are you is it my turn now? Can I, can I start talking? Um, so I like that little wrap up. Yeah, it's really good. And all that I cannot remember. I've also heard from my past life, but I kind of like that I cannot remember that actually it summarizes it. Better. Yeah, like it summarizes that. it well. And it does. And especially if you're behind the screen, because remember, I can't see you. So I don't know if you're thinking, if you're done. And so a lot of times I'll say anything else. And I promise if I say that, it's not, I'm, try I'm not trying to cut you off. It's just sometimes, you know, I need to know, we need to kind of keep moving. Um, so, you know, don't feel rushed. At that point, um, I'll ask you any questions that I need for clarification. I'll probably give you some spiritual counsel. Um, and then I will give you a penance. Um, and that's going to be a series of prayers. Um, 
typically, or maybe something to do, uh, you know, it's sort of like medicine to counteract the sin, to try to help you to heal from the sin, to try to, in the words of the opening scene of every episode of Quantum Leap, to set right what once went wrong, you know, like to, to, you know, like bend the reed back the other way, you know, so like if you're falling into lust a lot to pray for chastity, especially to St. Joseph to ask you for help, um, if you've stolen something, I'll ask you, you know, like, how much do you think that was worth? You know, because I can't, I cannot give you the penance to go turn yourself in. Like, I can't make the absolution conditional on your turning yourself in in public. But I also have to tell you, if you've stolen something, you can't continue to benefit off of something that's not rightfully yours. So if you stole, you know, a whole bunch of money, you can't just go to confession, okay, I get to just keep using the money. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to give that money either back, but if you cannot do that without turning yourself in, you have to either like give it to charity or figure out a way to unload it some other way. You know, Now, you don't have to make it obvious to people. You don't have to turn yourself in, but that's not yours to enjoy. You know, So this isn't, you know, the, the thing is, you know, cause you can hear criticism like, oh, you Catholics, you just do whatever you want. You just go to confession. Well, no, it's a relationship. You're in a relationship with God. You can't just treat this flippantly, you know? Like, you have to keep working on it. Just like, if I'm just like, eh, I'll just keep stealing Michael's books. I'll just tell him I'm sorry and I'll just keep doing it. No, like, that's a terrible friendship. Don't be that kind of a friend to the perfect friend who is Jesus Christ. Love him, be authentic, and strive. Now, if you fall and accidentally take a book without thinking about it, I don't know, um, Okay, he'll forgive you again. He's wonderful like that, but don't take it for granted. Um, so when it comes to the penance, it's to try to help you in healing from the particular sins. Now, Father might not um, address all of the sins, maybe just a couple of them. Depends on how many there were, what's going on, you know, all the different conditions, so to speak. How many people are in line, um, how much time that there's left. Um, but he'll give you a penance, and I would say you want to do that ASAP. Usually right there in the church after going to confession. But I will say this, like I've heard confessions all over the place. I heard one on a plane, several, I think at least once. I know in several airports, various places. So sometimes you're not in church. But what I would say is you want to pray the, pre the penance right away. Okay, so um, your sins are forgiven as soon as I give you what's called absolution. That prayer I'm going to say over you right after I give you the penance. Um, but you need to do the penance as soon as possible. Um, the next step in confession, so after the penance, I'll ask you to pray the act of contrition. And there's several different versions. I'm sure Michael's going to give you a version to learn. Well, the one, the one in the confessional is the best. But yeah. when I see you all next... I will give you the one that's in the confessional, or actually, I'll I'll send it in the email or post it. However, I get this Perfect. to you, so you have the one because I think we're in agreement that the one we have in the confessional yep. we like the best. I do. It's lovely, and the thing is, too, I would highly recommend <clears throat> memorize it. Like any of the prayers, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, memorize them. Not because I'm going to test you on it in the confessional. It's not that. It's on the wall. You can read it. But memorize it so then you have it, always. It's like a treasure locked up in your memory. It's always there. And the benefits of what the prayer is saying, you know, about, you know, I'm sorry to you, Lord, not just because of the punishments, but because they offend you, my God, who is all good and deserving of what? All my love. You know, to have that written on your heart is a beautiful thing. And so if you forget 
I'll help you with it. I'll walk you through it. It's okay. Don't ever be afraid to go to confession because you can't remember how, what comes next. The priest is going to walk you through it. He's happy that you're there. But at the same time, I would say on your end, try to learn it because it's a beautiful thing to have. So after you pray the act of contrition, I will extend my hands over you or at least like up to the uh, confession, like the veil or the screen. And I will say the words of the absolution, which let me see if I can say. Let's see, when I'm not in the moment. You have the right book right there. That's true. I could just read it, but I'm going to try. God, the Father of mercies, the death and resurrection of his son. No, I'm not saying it right. Was it right? God, the Father of mercies, to the death and resurrection of his son. No, I'm I'm not right. I don't think I am. I have to read things when I'm not in the moment. Yeah, I was right. God, the Father of mercies, to the death and resurrection of his son, has reconciled the world to himself. And sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace. And I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And as I say that last part, I will make the sign of the cross over you. And you make the sign of the cross just like we do at the beginning of Mass. And then I will say, I mean, there's a couple of different options. I'll say like, your sins are forgiven, go in peace. Or give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His mercy endures forever. Um... If I just say, you know, um, Lord free you from your sins, go in peace, you say amen or thanks be to God. So Yeah, and then that wraps up confession. You leave the confessional, you say your penance as quickly as possible, as Father mm-hmm. just spoke about, and then you're on your way. Yeah. And then um, you know, keep in mind when you kinda of went to confession to have a relative understanding, you know, for next time. So you can say, you know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned, it's been one month, two months, six months, don't let it go that long. Um so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, a couple uh, other pointers that I would say is every priest has a slightly different flavor to confession. Um, every priest is going to do a little, something a little bit different. Um, a lot of faithful kind of do have their favorite priest they like to go to for confession. There's a great priest, an Opus Dei priest, who last time I went to confession, I started my normal routine, but he really likes to have a dialogue with you in the confessional. He's not usually worried about time. So, like, you'll say one sin, and he'll interrupt you and want to talk about that one sin. Um, Some priests are very short, sweet, to the point. You know, some priests will have a little bit more dialogue. Sometimes, you know, the priest has a feeling in his heart that you need a little bit more counseling. There was one time I went on a retreat, and I don't know if the, the penitent was ready for this, but he was in the confessional for about 30 minutes. Because the priest felt like this uh, person needed some more spiritual direction. Sure. And thanks be to God if that happens to you. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. And just the remember, confession is from Christ through the hands of the priest. Confession is not tied to the priest that you're sitting in there with. Nope. And you are forgiven of your sins. If you have a bad experience of confession, God forbid you don't, don't worry about it. That was the man. That was not... The man of the priest, not Jesus yeah. in Persona Christi speaking to you. Remember so, we are fallen men and, you know, we all, let's say this, we all have our bad days, right? I pray to God I'm never, like, grumpy in the confessional and end up turning someone away, so to speak, you know, like, because I was gruff or something. But if that ever happens to you, pray for that priest because I just, I fear... Like on Judgment Day, going before our Lord and being like, yeah, you know, Joe Blow never came back to church because you were a jerk to him that day. You know, like, don't put that on his shoulders. Remember, we're fallen men too, and God uses us fallen instruments for this gift. Now, I will say, I don't think that's the norm these days. I haven't heard of guys being like that in a long time. It is drilled into us 
in seminary not to be like that in the confessional. Nevertheless, we are human beings. And there are just some days, you know, like any of us, like we have a bad day sometimes. So realize what that is. Um, don't throw out, you know, the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Don't give up on confession because one guy was in a bad mood. Um, keep going and realize this too. So you have one that's super brief, still counted. It's good. As long as he says, you know, the absolution and gives you absolution, you're, you're good. Um, sometimes he'll go and you may get Father Talker and you're there, as Michael said, for a half hour and you didn't expect it. These things happen. Um, we are in an incarnational church. But the beautiful thing is, is God has given us this awesome gift of the sacrament of confession, the ordinary means of receiving his forgiveness. And when I say ordinary, I don't mean boring. I mean, it's like we know we can go somewhere. You hear with your ears the words of absolution. And even if you don't feel it at first, you know that your sins have been forgiven. It's incredible. It's a great gift from God. And um, sometimes you have to work on forgiving yourself sometimes. Um, and pray for that grace and ask Father for help. But, you know, it's... it's uh, it's a great gift, and I, I will tell you, I get butterflies in my stomach a lot of time because, you know, you're going in to admit what you did wrong. It's hard, but I always feel great afterwards. I'm always thankful to God that I was able to unload those sins. So, Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Father. Oh, so logistics on when to go to confession. So, again, we're in this coronavirus thing right now. Um, after you listen to this audio and you feel comfortable going, come. We have confession every single day here at Sacred Heart. We are so blessed to have a great priest here, uh, Father Eckert, who will hear confessions every single day, even through a coronavirus. Um, it's a little bit different. So right now, if you listen to this podcast or this audio shortly after we record this, it is after the 9 o'clock Mass, so probably about 9.45, 10 um, every day, and we've kind of got the outside confessional set up. When we get back into the regular schedule, obviously... That'll be in the bulletin and things. You'll be able to see that. But it is offered every single day. So after, as soon as you feel comfortable and prepared to go, go. And then you can come as frequently as you need or as frequently as you feel like you need to. Again, in that regular habit of once a month, once every two months, um, is a really good uh, starting point to follow. So no requirements. And you can even come before you receive the rest of your sacraments. Yeah. And we as will long act, as you're baptized. As long as you're baptized. So all the candidates out there, you can come. Catechumens, if you listen to this, don't come yet until after your baptism. Um, and so you can go. And also, as we get closer to reception of sacraments, God willing, it will happen at Easter. It's not looking likely. Um, so it will probably happen at some other point when we're able to do it. Um, definitely suggest you go now-ish. Um, and then probably at least again when we get close to Easter when you receive the sacraments would be a really, really good time to do that or whenever we receive the sacraments. So after you listen to this, you are free to come. And if you want to talk to me or talk to Father about how to go to confession, refresh your memory, go over a couple things, have a couple questions, let us know, call the office, shoot me an email, however you want to communicate with me, and I'll be happy to walk you through things um, as well as Father helping you, as long as it's outside the sacrament of confession. Or if you freeze up in the sacrament of confession, yeah. he is there to help you. He does this a lot more than any of us do. So, uh, you know, he can walk you through the steps if something happens. Perfect. Cool. Father, would you close us with a, a quick prayer? Absolutely. In RCA class, proud of you. Keep up the good work. And uh, I'm so, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm sad about the Easter vigil, potentially, you know, but we're going to, we do everything we can to try to figure out a way to follow the CDC guidelines and get you here. But just know this, even if you know we're not able to do it on the Easter Vigil proper, 
We are going to get you into the church ASAP. I'm praying for you. Um, sorry that he decided to come in in 2020. <laughs> None of us knew how crazy this year would be. But um, hey, for whatever reason, in God's good providence, here we find ourselves. Um, just keep praying. Thank God for the grace of being on your way. And just know that, hey, we are going to get you into the church one way or another. So let's keep praying for one another. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Have mercy on us. And that good heart of Mary. Pray for us. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Thanks, candidates and catechumens. Thank you. And we'll touch base soon.